0: Actually, all the Psalms, uh, in a way, do that in one form or another. Some more directly, some prophetically, some in a more uh, way that's more of like an allusion to that. And I would say that Psalm 1 could definitely be counted as a prophetic psalm. It could be counted as a uh, psalm about Jesus, a messianic psalm. You know, Luke 24, Jesus said, it says that Jesus took his disciples, he opened their eyes to understand the scriptures. And then, or he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and then he showed them all the things concerning himself in Moses, that means the first five books of the Bible, in, Mo- in the law of Moses, and in the Psalms, and in the prophets.
1: Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. And... Uh, I'm here with Pastor Nate Katie. He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado, and uh, we had a guest this weekend, uh, and uh, we looked at Psalm uh, 1, and it was Gino, Pastor Gino Duraci, um, and he's right now retired, but he was the pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel South Denver, and planted way back, planted that church way back in the 90s, and so he's been a part of of the you know, Calvary Chapel network here in the Colorado area for a long time. And so it was just a great honor to have him bringing the word on Sunday morning. And so if you missed that, com, you can go over there and you can download it or any of your favorite streaming platforms or podcast platforms, YouTube and uh, Facebook and, and all those. And you can download it there. And, uh, in Psalm chapter one, yeah, Sinners and Saints was the name of the title. And so we were just going to take a look at, you know, just kind of dive a little bit more into the psalm and, and uh, you know, what it has to say to us. It. just a great, rich, uh, rich psalm for us to look at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great psalm. It contrasts the way of the sinner with the way of the saint. But, um, you know, one of the things I was talking to a friend recently and he was saying, you know, he's talking about how certain psalms are messianic psalms and we were kind of joking that. Well, if what Jesus said is true in Luke twenty-four, then all of the psalms are messianic psalms, and therefore it's not just a couple psalms that point us to Jesus and and who he would be and what he would do, but actually all the psalms, uh, in a way, do that in one form or another: some more directly, some prophetically, some in a more uh, way that's more of like an allusion to that. And I would say that Psalm one. Could definitely be counted as a prophetic psalm. It could be counted as a uh, psalm about Jesus, a messianic psalm you know, Luke 24, Jesus said, it says that Jesus took his disciples, he opened their eyes to understand the scriptures, and then, or he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and then he showed them all the things concerning himself in Moses, that means the first five books of the Bible, in in the law of Moses, and in the Psalms, and in the prophets. So how do the Psalms point us to Jesus? they, They aren't just the songs that Jesus sang, that's true, but in in a great way, these are songs that Israel sang, and as they did, remember it's preparing their hearts for something. It's teaching them something about life. And what it's teaching them about is not just the way to be. But it's conditioning their hearts so that when the Messiah comes, they would be prepared for Him in many ways. So, think about this Psalm. It says it talks about the blessed man. Now, that word "blessed" is also could actually be translated probably better as happy. So, oh, ho, oh, how happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the seat of sinner, or stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law he meditates day and night. Uh, wonderful Psalm, one of my favorites. But here's the thing. It sets forth a principle which none of us have lived up to. The fact is that while I know that this is true, that the person who delights in the law of the Lord day and night is going to be happy and blessed, the person who does not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers will be blessed, the fact is that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There have been times when I have not delighted in the Lord with my whole heart. Uh, I haven't meditated on his word day and night. I haven't done the things that even I would say, yeah, that's the right thing to do. There are times when I have stood in the way of sinners. Uh, There are times when I have been unrighteous in my actions and attitudes and therefore in my ontology, right, my being, who I am, I have become unrighteous. That's That's what we're taught throughout the Bible, from Genesis all the way through the prophets, through the Psalms here. So what it's saying is, okay, there's, there's this right way, and yet the fact is that none of us have lived up to that right way. In fact, if we are going to see ourselves in this Psalm, the wrong way to look at it would be to say, here we are the righteous, and the unrighteous people are those people out there who are not part of our group or they're not like us. The, the right way to see it, Jesus would say, let's say like in Matthew chapter 5, would be that... Um, we know the right things we ought to do, and yet we have failed to do them. And so what the Old Testament does, right, and many times is it leaves us with a tension. The tension is essentially, oh no, I know that this is correct, but I know also that I haven't lived up to it. So what, what hope is there for someone like me? And the answer and the great news of the gospel is that of those who are sinners, sinners can become saints. Like the unrighteous can become righteous because Jesus, the only truly righteous person, became sin for us Uh, second corinthians chapter 5 tells us he became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god it's not our own righteousness it's not because we've done the right things and not done the wrong things it's in spite of that that jesus comes in and gives us his righteousness
1: as a gift that's the great news of the gospel that this psalm prepares us for yeah, I know, and it's just so good to see that even here in the Psalms, the picture of the Gospel is so, so evident to that. And you know, yeah, we don't fall; we fall fall short all the time, and uh, you know. But in Jesus, you know, we can find our strength to, to live out these things, you know. And um, and it's because of Him, and that, that's what we're going to look at this as we head into the Advent season as well. Um, just kind of give a preview, you know, the Incarnation. You know, Emmanuel, God is with us. And so we just wanted to just take the end of this uh, uh, podcast to just look at the the upcoming sermon series in Advent as we head into Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah, so our series is called Light in the Darkness, and that's also the title of our Christmas Eve message. So looking forward to having people join us for that. We have three services, 3 p.m., 4.30, and 6 p.m. on December 24th. We'd love to have people come and join us for that and invite someone to come with you. Um but that's the, the idea, right, that Jesus came as the light of the world into the darkness of this broken world in order to give us the light of life, it says in John 3, uh, verses 4 through 5, that he is the light that gives life to every person. And um, in him, right, uh, we he is the light of the world and he gives that light within us. And so it's time for us, therefore, to awake, to arise because the light has come And the glory of the Lord has shown upon us. You know, I thought about something really interesting the other day. I think that in our day and age, we are so used to light, um, light, what is that, uh, Pollution. That's the word I'm looking for. Light pollution. Like, have you ever um, driven into a big city? Like, especially if you have to cross the mountains, like if you ever driven into uh, Denver at night on I-70 and you cross the mountains and it's really dark in the mountains, but then you begin to see the glow of the city on the horizon. Well, think about it like this. The uh, shepherds who were in that field that night, um, they had never seen light pollution in their life. They had never seen anything. The most they had seen is that when, when you would look on a little town, you might see candles in the windows, but there were no streetlights. There was no cars, nothing. So all they had was complete darkness. Uh, the brightest thing in the sky would have been the stars. And so when the and the angels shone around them, I mean, think about this is like complete brightness in the midst of absolute darkness. And it must have been absolutely uh, stunning and mind-blowing. And... It says in the book of Revelation that when all of God's work of salvation is complete, that we will be with him in new heavens and new earth. And it says that there will be no more sun to light the sky because God will be
1: our light. Wow. And I think that is really, really, really cool. So well, that's, that's, yeah, it's like exciting to think about coming up. And it's just a great time. This is a great time to invite your neighbors, mm-hmm. invite your friends, invite your co-workers. They're most likely to go to church on Christmas Eve uh, more than any other day in the year. And uh, so it's just an opportunity. They're just waiting, you know, they're just waiting for you to invite them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are in our area, we'd love to have you join us on, uh, on December 24th for our Christmas Eve services. Yeah, invite a friend your family members, invite that atheist, you know, you might know down the street, you know, bring them in, let them hear the gospel. And it'd be great to have you be a part of our, our fellowship that evening. If not, you know, go find a church, invite somebody to, to, to take with you. And uh, we look forward to what, what God's going to do through this Advent series, through through Christmas Eve, as we just celebrate Emmanuel, God is with us. And so if you missed the sermon on Sunday, whitefieldschurch.com, get over there, download it, and We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.